You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It's my great pleasure to be with you. Happy Thursday. Hope you're well. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff. That is Tom, Director Matthew, working from a distance but with us. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. And away we go. Good to be with you. And I appreciate you always joining us. Don't forget... To like and subscribe to WarChant TV if that's where you're uh, watching or listening. And if you're listening on 93.3, thank you very much. Continue to do that. Uh, it's a dollar. Do I just say that right from the beginning? Just here you go. Just pop that up. It's a dollar. There we go. That uh, wasn't a magic word, though. It's a buck. Yeah, I know. Uh, so you change it up. The director it. was quick on the trigger there. He was. He did a good job. Well, that's because he did it. Now, if it would have been voice activated by itself, nobody would have clicked it if you said the word buck. Dollar. They wouldn't have clicked it a dollar. It would have come up if it's, yeah, it would have been that's fine. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. It's Sorry. like the smart devices in the house. Warchant.com on three, one dollar for one year. Calling all Florida State fans. There you go. Hey, I know it's not great shakes. I know it's not something that you gather the family and friends around the, the old TV for tonight. But they're playing football. It's happening. It's today. Football will be played, and there will be officials. There will be a clock. Men will be in pads tackling one another. Maybe not with the same fervor that you're accustomed to or get excited about, but it's going to happen. Hello, my friend. Hello. You can't take these things for granted. Uh, the the long, interminable, at times, off-season is no longer there. It is no longer present. It is not an off-season. We have started. Now, again, they don't count the victory, per se, between Jacksonville and uh, Las Vegas tonight, but, but it's going to be played. And I do this every year. I hype up the Hall of Fame game because I'm just excited that football's back with us. It's in our house. It's the sounds of football. And then I watch 30 seconds ago. This sucks. (laughs) I get up and walk out. But it's still fun for me to note that football is on your TV if you need it. If you need it tonight. Some people need it more than others early in the process. Some people are hanging on for dear life, Tom. They're on the edge. They're barely able to function in their daily lives because football has been absent for so long. And they just see this Hall of Fame game and they go, Look at that uniform. Look at that Raiders uniform. It's an awesome uniform. It's true. It is an awesome uniform. It's also worth reminding everybody, now that we're on the precipice of football season, when you see those national television preseason broadcasts, you're going to see different faces in different places. Remember, Buck and Aikman are now Monday Night Football. (laughs) Good old Buck and Aikman. They're Monday Night Football now. And uh, Mike Tirico is now Sunday Night Football because Al Michaels is primetime Thursday with Kirk Herbstreet, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. 
Herb Street is now calling Thursday night football games I on Prime. No idea. I haven't done the roster. Oh, the shuffle is on. Up. I have not done it. I haven't cared that much. I've been so into us going to practices and watching camp and thinking. I haven't done my my prep work for the. You know, I got a text today that I was on the clock. So what happens is they um, they t- in my draft in my draft where we you know several mutual friends that are in the mediocre golf association. Um, they they take when you get selected, basically they just shake it all up, and you find out when you get to pick. Oh where you yeah, draft. yeah, you're selecting your order. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up uh, at six in a twelve team draft, which is fine. Man, I was in fifth position, and I opted for twelve over five. That's what I did. I, I decided opted, for the wraparound. I oh, hey now, I opted for wraparound. It could uh, be a just, hockey play. Uh, just saying, I opted for. <laughs> I opted for six uh, because I like that balance of the consistency of pick with each round. And once I was outside the top four, I was like, eh. I was torn on that. I called Director Matthew. I know he has very specific strategies. And I said, listen, man, I've not been in this position for, but I'm kind of either leaning five or six or 12. I don't want seven, eight, and nine. I, I want five or six or 12. He's like, I really think you should consider six. So then I sat down, I looked at it, and I took six. Did some research on your... Yeah, I feel good about six. A couple of TPS reports later, and six it was. Six it is. So that's where I'll be drafting six, no doubt, championship position. It's good news. For this year, yeah. And uh, that's where it's at. But that is also part of the proof positive we're in football season. People, not just me and my buddies, but you and your buddies and people all over this country... Today are getting notices. Hey, drafts next week. Hey, when, here's when we're going to go do. You know, it's it's going on. Oh, we're consumers just like we are uh, media members. For example, you know, camp reports from Buccaneers, one buck place. I consume that. While on the other side, the other tab on my browser, I'm putting together content for Noel fans like ourselves. All right. So we were both at practice today, and they got back after it after a day off. And I thought it was a disjointed practice. I won't get too detailed. I thought they didn't. It wasn't as good as some of the other practices we've bore witness to so far. Um, that's going to happen. It's a long camp. It's hot as Hades. Sometimes guys need a break. Some guys. Have off days. It's going to happen. I thought today fell under that umbrella. I just felt like it was a little disjointed. I don't know if the day off kind of messed up the timing in some ways. They also had a couple of guys knock on wood. Um, Mike mentioned this after the practice, so I can talk about it. Yeah, the comments already have a couple of questions about it. Yeah, so he mentioned it. Uh, and again, I, I don't know. We're not going to get the medical from them today. Um, but a lot of the guys who needed to to step away and maybe kind of shut it down a little early today on the offensive line, they, they weren't stretchered off. Everybody, it, it wasn't like that. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't guys just hobbling all over the place, incapacitated, couldn't play. There was nothing that, in my mind, and again, I don't know. There's nothing official. But I didn't see anything in my mind that looked like we we should have much to worry about. I would agree. And I don't think Mike sounded real worried. He just kind of. Right. He was careful. He chose his words carefully. You could tell he was frustrated. I thought, to me, today, uh, he got some good and some bad, like he said. But I think he was probably frustrated because 
you know, they had some they had some snapping issues, and 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 so you know that when that's the case, it disrupts the apple cart, it makes it tough to to get into any sort of a rhythm. Yeah, like I was the one who put out the tweet from uh, Norvell's post practice presser in which he said, you know, we had a couple guys go down the O line, and that reads one way, like it does. Uh, quote. We had a couple of guys go down the O line and then ellipses, but I don't think it's anything serious. Yeah. If you could, if you could hear the tone of that, what I tell you is, well, I don't think it's any serious, anything serious. It wasn't. I, I don't think it's anything serious. We had a couple guys go down. Right, right. He right, was just right. like he was inconvenienced. He wasn't. He wasn't concerned. I, I listen. I can. Whenever I watch these practices, I I spend a lot of time not just analyzing and looking at certain players to see how they're progressing, certain segment groups to see where I think they're at. But but I watch Mike because Mike is an emotional guy, an energetic guy, an intense guy, a focused guy. Uh, he really does a great job of going from segment group to segment group, drill to drill. And, and I mean, this is a coach that is involved in all facets of his football team. And I like that. I want my head coach to be that way. I don't like it when a guy is singular and focused and he does one thing and only one thing and he doesn't have – because I want my leader to be a leader. I want him to be able to talk to all people all the time and to be locked in and at least be aware – now you got to let your coaches coach. But you at least got to be aware of where things are trending. And he looked like a guy today that was just kind of like, all right, we're having one of those days. We're having one of those days. That's all. It's not the end of the world. They've had a lot of good practices. This wasn't one of those, in my opinion. In my opinion. Yeah, it wasn't as organized as the others. Um, he called it a pretty good day. But I think sometimes, and you know this, you work out a lot. There are some days where just finishing the workout oh, is the accomplishment. Yeah, it's bravo, right? Yeah, right. you just got, got it done. So maybe that's what that was about at the end. Uh, I think also, just if you look at the calendar and, and this week, it's your first day of pads on Tuesday. Everything is builds to a crescendo there. You got a day off, a bit of a lull. You're back in full pads, and you got a scrimmage on Saturday. I think some maybe just the human nature says we're getting ready for that scrimmage. Maybe you take your you know concentration off just a little bit. But it's nothing... It wasn't horrid. It wasn't. You don't walk out of there saying, "Jesus, I don't even know." They might get beat by fifty by LSU. It's nothing like that. It was just they've had so many good practices in a row. You're like, "Eh, that wasn't that wasn't what we've been watching the last few days." No, it wasn't wasn't crisp. Was not crisp. Uh, Something to mention here too. It's just you're right with this upcoming scrimmage. It's a big deal because they had the day off. They were assessing depth chart. You're trying to get some guys back. Get get them ready to rock. It was good to see Jamie Robinson and Akeem Dent back out there today, and they looked like they hadn't missed a beat. I thought both looked good. Jamie really looked good. Um, he always does. You can just tell the difference between what he is as a player with his experience and instincts and size. You, you see it on each rep that he's involved in. Yeah, there was a play he made in, in full team where he, he stops a run, mm-hmm. and it requires Ooh. it requires preparation, though, to be in the position to make that play. So that's Quick, a, when he recognized the right, way. Yeah. The mind is sharp. Did you Which see Trey good. Benson the look on his face? Like, who was that? Yeah. Yep. So that that's funny because I Trey's had his way in this camp. He's been really good. Trey Benson, Smooth. folks, is silky. He's big. He's fast. Does a lot of things well. Picks up the blitz well. Trey's the guy I'm very excited to see play on Saturdays. But he had a run, and that's the play that Jamie's making. And this is a tip of the cap. Uh, Jamie didn't fall for the fake. Didn't fall for the. You know the dead leg and the cut and and you could see Benson like who the hell oh it's you <laughs> almost like 
I forgot about you. I see you've returned. Yeah, you're, you're back. You're different than what I'm used to dealing with out here, which is cool, which is cool. Every team has that, not giving away secrets. you got your veteran players, the guys that have been in the system, the guys that understand, the guys that play with great confidence, the guys that have a physicality to them that's a little bit different, those guys who project to the NFL. You see who they are. You know who they are. And so when you get a moment like that, it makes you smile because the player is in full uh, recognition at that moment. Like, that was a little quicker. He got on me a little faster than I'm accustomed to. That, oh, and then they checked the number. They checked the name. It's funny. I've also decided that screw our credentials. Ira, get ready. I've got some quarterback information I'm going to share to the masses. <laughs> you know where I'm going. Mike Norvell threw the ball around it a little bit today. Well, I don't want to get into why. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, you didn't even have to do that. I just, I just, I know it has nothing to do with our quarterbacks. Yeah, it has nothing uh, to do Nothing with to do with our quarterbacks. Nothing. Zero. Zero to do with our quarterbacks. But Mike was chucking the rock around today. Yeah. Once he got loose, it was all right. I, I've been saying this for a week. They, they need to assess that situation. It's, uh, See, I shouldn't have done what I did because now people are going to be like, what's he talking about? I'm just all saying, I was saying was Mike threw the football Sometimes today. These, these student assistants and managers, they have roles to play. All of them do. You know, A lot of times they're running around with water. Sometimes they're running around with flashcards. Other times they cones. have to, Cones. Other times they have to fake snap the ball. Also yeah. – the movies that they watch when they grow up, are they the only the movies in the 80s and the 90s where uh, an extra gets just blown up when there's a chase scene? You know, like the Tom Cruise sprint scenes and somebody's in the way or Arnold and like just, you know, a Boom. random person yeah. Yeah. with no credit gets trucked because they really look for contact. I feel like they're Michael Pittman. Not Micah Pittman, <laughs> Michael Pittman. They're like, oh, can I can I bump into somebody yeah, as I run along the sidelines? I know there's 10 yards of space over here, but let's cut through this person. So... Now, I just, as we take the next steps, it's very important, I, I think, that you'll see some things shirt up. And it starts with this scrimmage on Saturday. I, I really, really wish, and again, forgive my voice today, guys. I'm fighting like hell to get through this week with this voice. I feel fine, but I, it, it's been bothering me all week. Well, you've been yelling at the receivers at practice. I'm not yelling. Come on! <sighs> make a catch! But I... Uh, Oh, so I, I just this. I really wish we could see this scrimmage because I, I'm interested in quite a few guys, and you know I think speaking in general, all right, just general overtures here. If Florida State is going to get appreciably better on offense, one of the things they're going to have to have emerge out of this camp is a receiver who is a legitimate deep threat out on the edge. A legitimate, consistent, deep threat. He doesn't have to be Randy Moss. We don't have that guy on our roster. They don't They don't have to be elite. But we need to get somebody who I think you can begin to trust to consistently present challenges to opposing defenses out wide, not from the slot. we got a lot of guys that can do it from the slot. Out wide that can really stretch the field. That makes a defense play you honest, and have to account for it. Because I think this is a team, and I said this before camp started, and we said it this entire offseason, that if this offensive line was improved and the floor was raised, and we've said we think it has been, and if this group was deeper, where they could withstand guys missing a series or a quarter or even a game, and you had some guys that replaced the person that has to sit and, that, and the drop-off isn't significant, 
And if Trey Benson is healthy and is going to be able to handle contact and get back to full speed and is the guy that we see every day at practice right now, who's very impressive, to go along with Trey Sean Ward, who I love. He's had a good camp. He's had a great camp. Okay? If all of that is going to be something we can count on, then I think they're best suited. And, 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 not, and let's not forget, if Jordan Travis is your starting quarterback, if all of that is true, then I think that you're a team that wants to run the ball, that wants to be physical, that wants to utilize the run game to set up the pass game. Some teams throw the football to, to set up the run. I think that the personnel on this football team is set up to run the ball and try to spring a big play on you down the field here and there. But I need to know that we can do that, that we can, that we can send that message to opposing defenses early, that you're not allowed to just stack the box and worry about the run. You've got to at least consider that we have a threat down the field. I think early in games, it's going to be vital that Mike is able to show that. And so this camp for me, and again, I'm not naming names or anything like that, is a lot about watching some of those guys out wide and seeing which of them is giving me a glimmer of hope in that arena, in that area. Who is it in that segment group that I go, okay, that might be a guy, that might be a guy. And, you know, listen, just in terms of the physical tools, when we got him and and we saw him in the spring, I said he's a million miles away because he's not a great route runner yet. But there's a guy, Deuce Span, who you go, well, that's different. And there's a couple other guys that are candidates that you would look at and say maybe one of them will emerge. And um, I'm curious to see how they play in this upcoming scrimmage because I think that they're working hard to find a guy like the guy I'm describing. I think that they know that would add an awful lot and create a level of balance that uh, they certainly didn't have last year. Well, the other thing, too, is what they're going against every day in camp is good, legitimate, because we know that from the last eight games of the 2021 season that the secondary was better, like a lot better, mm-hmm. with Amari and Cooper on one side, Knowles in the middle, and then the two safeties. You're just trying to figure out that, that final corner position, and nothing has been determined yet. It's way too early to do that. But much like when, it, when an interior offensive lineman wins against a Lovett or a Cooper, I know what I'm seeing there. Right. If you win against the secondary in a full team setting or when it's more than just, you know, individual drills and maybe not everybody's on the same page or trying at the same level, like that means that you legitimately have done something. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a, a position group or a battle head to head where you question, I don't know, maybe the secondary's bad and the receivers are bad. I'm not sure. Secondary's good. So if you see any modicum of consistency over, let's say, three practices, three full padded practices and one name was good two of those three days. That's that's a good sign. Yeah, you in previous years that. we'd be like, I don't know, they're bad everywhere. So so what? The receivers had a good day. I, yeah, I don't know. The secondary stinks. So what? I think that's accurate. Ian, I'll answer your question when we come back from the break. It's a good one. Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash 
all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know, my day so far, check, check, check. Started with a really good cup of coffee, Tom. Got out there to practice, enjoyed that. Raced home temporarily before coming into the office. Needed to get a bite to eat. Had to get a bite to eat. And you know what I had? I had an avocado. Now, here's the thing. I love avocados. This wasn't about health. I just love them. They're delicious. But I'm very picky about an avocado. It has to be just right. And I... I, I frequently fail miserably. I buy these avocados. They have to be just right to the touch. Well, you know the trick, right? What trick? Okay, so at the stem of it? Yeah, you pull it. And and the color inside tells you all you need to know. Yeah, no, I think that's, it's nonsense. I've done it, but I don't don't buy buy it. I've had some that pass the test and then you get them home and you eat them and they're not, they're not right. But here's the deal. I, (laughs) I now know when you have a really firm avocado, how many how many days you got to wait? I think I've got it down, almost to the hour. And so I sliced that avocado open. I got rid of that pit. And I was looking at it. It looked right. It looked right. But time was of the essence. I had to get in here and do this radio show. And I said, okay, here's the test. You know when you cut diagonal with the knife, how easy does it go to the base? How easy can you get there? And I just did the shoop-a-doo-shoop-a-doo-shoop. And it was good to go. Scoop. Delicious, perfect. Are Wait, you? We're on a roll. Are you particular about your knife and and the brand of it or the, the no, sharpness it can, level? No, it, it can be if if the avocado is where it needs to be, it can be a damn butter knife. It's fine. You don't need anything super sharp if it's the right softness. See, I don't eat avocados, but my wife is a fiend for them. They're so, delicious. Yeah. Have you not had one since you were a child? No, I've had one recently. Have you? Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, over the years, and I don't blame you for this because we form early in our lives opinions about foods you have one bad experience it can shape the way you think about a food item the rest of your life and you wouldn't know yeah goldschlager for one you know (laughs) there's a food you wouldn't know if uh if you didn't return and and give it a go years later if it's really firm paper bag with a banana that's funny so hey i what i what i learned um is that you got to retry foods that you hated in your youth. You got to go back because your taste buds change. You got to go back and try foods. Now, if you say you've done that, then I'm not attacking. But remember, we had this conversation one time, and then you went back and tried something at my behest because I found out that I love cantaloupes, and I thought I hated them. My whole life, I thought cantaloupe was ass. And then I had a cantaloupe about 10 years ago for the first time in 20 years. I was like, this cantaloupe is delicious. What have I been missing? I just tried for the first time in a long time eggs. Again. Oh, they're delicious. Nope. Still no. How did you have them? Uh, they were scrambled. Have you I, had picked a, on, I picked on them. Have you I had didn't. a hard-boiled egg recently? A little salt? No. You'd like it? No, I wouldn't. I think you would. I think you'd like it. How about over medium? That's uh, that's Jamie's temperature. Yeah, not so over easy, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, I see it. Been a listener since 2000 as an FSU junior when you were back on 1270 WNLS. That is correct. 
I woke up at 6 a.m. to listen back then. What were those days like for you back then? <laughs> uh, they were a little, a little looser, a little off the rails at times. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's not for the donation. That's for the time. Yeah. Tom, when Tom first started interning, uh, many, 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 many years later. Yeah, 13. Well, yeah. nine after that. Nine, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you heard, I guess you got access to or heard something in the system of me doing mornings. Yeah. And you were like, good God. You didn't dislike it, but you were like, this is a different guy. You no, know, it felt like, so for, in today's terms, people who listen to this on the podcast, if you go 1.5 or 1.8 speed. That was really fast. Yeah. That's what it sounded that was like really fast. at I had normal to learn, speed. I had to learn to slow down. Oddly enough, it's an odd day for this to come up because your voice today sounds, sounds like, more it, like did. it did back then. Yes, a hundred percent. It's just that you would go Jimbo speed. If Jimbo was the head coach during your early broadcast career, that would have been the most ridiculous interview because it would have been two auctioneers. <laughs> the, two us, the two of us would have gone back. Two auctioneers talking to each other. Um, Life Spectator writes: Jeff in the morning show kept the FCC busy. That is true. I once survived an utterance in the morning. That uh, frankly, I don't. I don't think it would have. It would have happened these days. I, I mean, I just, I straight up said things you cannot say, yelling at this guy on the phone, and and then realized that Matt Millar wasn't paying attention, and he let it go out over the airwaves without hitting the dump button, and I had dropped an MF on a guy, and it just went. And then and the phone lines are lighting up, and I'm banging the window telling him to dump it. I got mad at somebody, and it just <laughs> you never really did that. By the time I started, except no, except I, one time, actually, I've had to use the dump button on me on more yourself, than you. Yeah. yeah, one was Barry Bond's story, and uh, the one time you did, I was driving around. I was an intern. I called the hotline immediately. I was like, "Matt, what are you doing?" Yeah, even though he was my boss, I said that. Because you dropped down with something you could not about an assistant coach. Oh, I know what it was—a descriptor. Yeah, that was funny though. It was hilarious. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly where I was. I was right by Berkshire on uh, Berkshire on Manor, where I used to live. I was driving right by there, and I I still remember the panic I felt. Like, oh no, is my internship over? Because we're getting fined out the wazoo. No, I got called in one time. Matt destroyed the tape. I I, I was so proud of him. My man went to war for me. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. Preston remembers when Daryl Dickey's wife called in. I do too. And I knew it was her. I was like, "What? This woman's crazy!" And then we, yeah, we. <laughs> Let's not relive these. No, things no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny. Hey, so very quickly, I when I said something I shouldn't have said one time, um, just language, just language, nothing crazy, just language. And and Matt knew we were cooked if that if that got back to. Uh, our boss, Lee Bowen, rest in peace, Lee. And uh, he he got rid of the tape. And so there were enough emails that went to Lee uh, that described word for word what I said. And I don't know that I know this one. I got called into the office. I used to come back after the morning show. I go home and take a nap. Oh, so you had to look him in the eye. And, yeah, okay. I had to lie right to his face. I had to pull Rodney Dangerfield. Is this work yours? <laughs> I can't lie to you, Dean Martin. Yes, it is. <laughs> I had to do that. I had to do that. He's like, did you say? And then what I said, and I looked at him and I go, 
I would never do that. And he goes, did you do it? I go, no, I did not. <laughs> and he's sitting there looking at me like, he actually was proud of me because he, he wanted me to say no so, that, right, he, so right. that he could tell the bosses because yep. yep. he loved me. And he's like, I think I was the guy being encouraged by my boss to lie to him in that moment without him having to say it. Like, we both understood what was, what was necessary. Just well, We knew what I had to say. Gee whiz, Phil. <laughs> the man just said the work is his own. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> So I did. I said direct. I looked right at him. I was like, I, no, I would never do that. And he goes, did you say? He repeated it. Like, I did not. And he's like, we're just looking at each other. And he goes, okay. <laughs> I got up and left. The Larry David. <laughs> I got to go back and answer this question that we had <laughs> uh, before the break. We got caught up in eggs and other things. Um, and this question was, if... That person, where is it? I gotta find it. Uh, if in fact we find a guy to run, there it is. Thank you, Ian. Jeff, if they find that guy, can JT consistently hit those those passes? Actually, I have a high level of confidence that JT Jordan Travis hits those passes better than most others. If it's anything outside the hash down the sideline, he's got great touch on the deep ball. I mean, legitimately great touch on the deep ball. It's the best throw he has. Yeah, if that's a space of, what do you think, eight feet, he makes it look like it's a space oh, yeah. of 20 feet with how he understands the depth, the correct shoulder, the leverage, all those things. Numbers <laughs> to sideline. <laughs> I just realized that uh, an old school listener who I love dearly uh, noted that he remembers that exact moment immediately began to wonder what my new career path would be. <laughs> and there were several of those the first three years. <clears throat> I've gone back before. I wouldn't have handled that as well as Matt did, I think. Well, Matt was loose, too. I mean, it was a, <laughs> it was a different time. It was a different era of radio. Uh, <laughs> and I can, I can remember him getting mad at me one time, though. He's like, would you stop? You're putting us in a bad position <laughs> In a precarious position, you know. I do – Jordan Travis hits the deep ball just fine. It's all the other throws that he's pretty inconsistent with. And when you hear me criticize him, that's who I'm criticizing. That, that's what I'm criticizing. He's become a better leader from the position. I watch it every day in practice. He does a great job with it. He has days where he's firing on all cylinders and he hits all the throws and you hear, there it is. And then he has days where he just does not – make the intermediate throw uh, very consistently, and that kind of drives you nuts. And and so I just – there are so many things he does do well, though, and it's just we just don't have that guy. We don't have a complete guy. Listen, if you do, then you're a top 25 football team. Okay, so speaking specifically to the intermediate throws, it'll be interesting to see how we perceive things. It's like that game where everybody's in a meeting. What did you hear? And Everybody hears something different. I think he's been better at the intermediate throw this camp. I think that every time there is an intermediate throw that's open and he nails it, they drop the ball. I can think of like four or five examples today, right today. now. No, I mean, not just today. I'm talking about intermediate throws that Jordan has made where you go, good God, sir, insert receiver's name here, and it's dropped. I can think of five examples, including today, including today, but I can think of five total examples already where I'm saying, well, that's the throw. Are they surprised? 
that the throw was delivered on time in that particular part of the field? Because why are they dropping a perfect pass? It is no it's secret. It's been better. It is, the, yeah, it's the, the, it is no secret to anybody with eyes that's watched this team play over the last two years is that the passing game is lacking. It's just lacking. They have not been good in that area for a variety of reasons. And it seems like they take turns screwing it up. So if a guy gets open, the protection's poor. If Jordan puts it on him, he drops it. If, you know, it's just one thing after the other. They have not There's protection put and a guy's open, he doesn't see it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that is just maddening. And I think that's the area that we have to see some improvement on. They're not going to be an elite passing offense. They don't have to be to win games. That's not, I mean, every quarterback in the league has a skill set that you look at and you go, okay, well, if he can be this in this area of weakness and continue to excel in these areas of strength, then we'll be fine. Very few. I mean, even even if you just want to graduate this conversation to the NFL, you have five or six quarterbacks in the league that are special, that just can do anything. You look at them and you're like, well, they move great within the pocket. They see it pre-snap. They've got a cannon. They can fit it into tight windows. And maybe two or three that can actually really run and do all those things as well. And then after that, you got a, a chunk of guys that things have to go well for them. They have to, you know, the, the play has to be. In a specific be, area, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's fine. I mean, we don't have, Jameis Winston ain't here. Got it. That's not the knock. You can be, you can, you can cater your offense around a, an elite strength, and he has one. You know, and then just. Be uh, average in these other areas, and you'll right. be all right. Well, what gets exciting about this offense, and I see why you're saying that they're just an outside receiver, consistent one away. They're better at run blocking. I think that's just true. I think so, yes. I think they're going to run the ball effectively. Correct. And that changes everything about what you can be in your pass game. And then I would say the stable of running backs is better as well, year over year. Even though Corbin was a really nice player for us, he, I, I think it's better. He played hurt now. a lot, though. He played hurt right. a lot, yeah. But I think this group is better. It's more talented, more diverse. I, I agree. you got more to work with there. So you've got his legs, which are already a nightmare, and they were when you couldn't block it up, and you had a, a worse backfield in terms of talent. You still have his legs. You can block it up better in the run game, and you've got more weapons to use on the ground. These running backs are more dynamic. Trey Benson changes that. I think he changes the equation for the good. Mm-hmm. So that's already one side of, of offense, one one facet of offense that's markedly better. I think they're closer. Like They're not exactly a, a, a an option offense in terms of all you could do is run and then you hope that something's open way down the field because all you could do is Calvin run. Calvin Johnson at Georgia Tech right. or something. Right? They're a couple of notches closer to balance. I'm not saying that they're you know a fully balanced offense, but they're not quite yet. Yeah, Calvin's going to be open. Demarius Thomas is open right, 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 right. because we have to worry about the run on every single play. So that's already you're closer to the balance that you're looking for. And there are some guys who have shown, not consistently yet, but that they might be an option. A couple weeks from now, if one or th- one of those three looks even halfway decent at certain facets of running routes, that's going to be a tough offense to prepare for. Just put your cap on for the opposition. That's no, going to be tough to prepare for. Right, but they got to get there. They're not there yet. I mean, I agree with you. That's That's... Like, I see real strengths with this team that I can identify quickly. That wasn't always the case. So if you're looking for progress, right, right. I mean, I can walk out there and say they're good here, they're good here. That I haven't been able to do that in recent years, so that's a positive sign. But I still need to see a lot more in the way of consistency in the passing game for them to be that dual threat, that, that problem to prepare for. Because if they don't get much better, 
cons- with the consistency of the passing game. Then you can start to try – some teams are capable, not, not all, but some teams are capable and equipped to take away the strength if they don't have to worry about the other. Clemson's capable, Florida's capable, LSU is capable – Probably NC State is capable. Miami might be capable. So these are problematic issues. I mean, that's five times that somebody's going to take away the thing that you want to do because they don't have to worry about the other. The thing I'd say, though, you know, for these offenses, remember that there's there's a tie-in with Norvell and, and Gus. Remember that he's he's got some sort of link on the tree. Well, here's why I'm pointing that out. Mm-hmm. When you've got a base couple of things that you can do well, that kickstarts your your drive. You know, if you're in second and seven, second and six, if you want to break out some tempo, and they've done it in, in times here during yeah. games, so I'm not giving anything away, that's how you get teams off balance. And if you get teams off balance and their mind is racing because you're getting to the line of scrimmage and you're staying ahead in down and distance leverage, you don't have to be great at receiver because they're going to blow assignments just mentally because they're not prepared. So that's the thing that we're going towards here is if, if, yes, yes. if you can run the ball traditionally a little bit better, not with gadgets and, and angles and all kinds of stuff. That's always going to be there. But if you can run it traditionally between the tackles for three to four yards more than a few times a game, those drives stand a much better chance. What's what uh, Jimbo used to say about preparing for the up-tempo offense? It's all about that first first down because once they move the chains now one time, go. now it's go. Now you're just guessing. You, you don't have time to prepare. And you watch down. people who run these offenses. Jimbo did this, but uh, Mike has done it at times, infrequently because of some of the problems we've had. But when the, when there's a rhythm and you can see a coach getting into a yes. rhythm, like, oh, oh, I got your ass now. You're reeling. That's but you prob- got to win first down. That's probably why we were excited the most on Tuesday. I don't know that it was specifically about Tate, but you're seeing the rhythm. You're seeing that the offense get. It's not a disjointed mess where – you know, how many TFLs did we take last year? The yardage was absurd in tackles for loss. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, you know, it, it's 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 about context and balance. When we come on the show, I want people to understand that we're seeing some good, some bad, and everything in between, and there are some unknowns. So, you know, I I feel like sometimes I might hyper focus on the negative and then too much on the positive to try to balance that and i just think you got to be free to have the conversation so i don't think we want to overreact any given day i don't want you guys to read too much into an individual practice um i'm going to tell you if they're sharp or i'm going to tell you if they look a little convoluted or you know disjointed in a given day don't read too much into the good or the bad there um as we get closer to game time as we get closer to being able to uh i think present um a better uh, projection of what I think the season's going to be because we will have had a lot more practices in pads uh, and including some scrimmages where we'll get some feedback. Then, yeah, right before we kick it off, I'll tell you where I think the areas of weakness are going to lie, how far along we are in the areas of strength and where we need to get to uh, to cover up some of the blemishes, and, and we'll do all that. We'll do a final W's and L's. Yep. That'd be fun. Look forward to that. I know. There's good. a lot to chew on. If you're considering buying a new home in the current climate, you've heard that demand is high, inventory low. If you want to get a leg up on the rest of the buyers, all making offers at the same house as you, well, that's a tough one. You know that. But the first place I'd suggest you start is to call my friend Shannon. Shannon is a legend. This guy gets it done. At Legendary Home Loans, Shannon will set you up with complete pre-approval underwriting No longer an upgrade. That's a standard operating procedure now. Jumps you to the front of the line. You'll need a TBD full underwriting approval from Legendary Home Loans. You'll shorten or even remove your financing contingency, and the sellers will know you're very serious about your offer. So 
You want the advantage of approving winning team in your huddle? Get pre-approval underwriting from my friend Shannon with one and only, the one and only legendary home loans. Call now, 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN, or just visit FSUHomeLoans.com. That's FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show, thanks for tuning to us on a Thursday. Hope you're well. Soon we'll be able to uh, jump into some some wagers here soon enough. That'll be good. Big Daddy J makes the return here soon. Redemption Thursday will be making its return very soon. It's exciting. Out of curiosity, just back to practice for a second, because during the breaks I'm putting together observations to appear on Warchant.com, which you can join for just a dollar for the year, by the way. It's a buck! That's right. It's, a, it's buck. a buck. He said the magic word. There it is. Oh, hey, look at that. Look at that. Um, anything jump out to you? Was any player today, I know it was disjointed, but was there one dude you said, oh, all right. Either another strong day or look at that, finally a strong day. No. Because I'll add that in the observations if you um, don't. No, not really. I, I didn't. I don't think I don't think I saw anything that I would say merits that. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw some up and down play from some guys that uh, I was happy to see. You know, step up and make some plays, but nothing, nothing that blew me away. I would say that. Um, oh, uh, actually, okay. Oddly, Demory Tate uh, played well today. Really? Yeah. See, we're on different halves of the field for most of yeah. the day, so this is uh, kind of fun for me. I, I actually got to notice him a little bit uh, today, and we've been waiting on on him so. That's in uh, defensive back on receiver drills yeah, or team? Yeah, or yeah. What? he did both. Uh, I nice. Thought, I All thought right. he was in good coverage several times. Man, when you look at him, you think that's that's yeah. an NFL player. Yep. I mean, he looks like an NFL player. He doesn't play like an NFL player yet, but he looks like one. Ira said this to me yesterday. He must be an awesome teammate because anytime he makes a play, they all go there's crazy. like five dudes around him immediately. So he must be just outstanding on the sidelines, in the locker room, film room, all that stuff. I think I think they've got – you know, that, that's a topic, by the way. I, I know it's – the time of year where this is the kind of stuff that becomes the norm but I honestly here it matters more because we had such a toxic place and when you are coming out of that environment and you're trying to get to a place where you don't have to worry about that nonsense like that shouldn't be anything that comes up ever football is hard enough like getting bigger and stronger and, and, and working on your craft on a daily basis and sacrificing all the things that you have to sacrifice in the way of pleasure in order to play big-time college football, you ought not encounter an obstacle that has everything to do with, like, locker room culture. Like, that that should never happen. Like, you should you should almost be in a position to take for granted the fact that the guy next to you is going to be busting his ass in the same way that you're going to be busting yours. And we weren't that way for a very long time. You had very selfish individuals. You had coaches who had lost the team. And you had guys who kind of were, you know, they could sense that we were rudderless. And that is not conducive to growing and getting better and working harder and, and finding success. That's true of any workplace, but it's, I mean, that's really, you got to just kind of know that in a sacrifice-laden sport like football, that all these guys are going to care as much as you care. 
that they're going to do the things they've got to do to prepare to be to be good. You know, they're going to go to bed on time. They're going to eat the right foods. They're they're not going to miss their workouts. They're going to try hard when they get to practice. They're going to watch the film. They're going to find their areas of weakness, get coached hard, accept that the coaches are trying to make them better, buy in, and work on that. But, I mean, it's crazy when you suck for five years the way we have, you can go out there and watch a practice and say, these sons of bitches don't care about each other. And that was the worst. That, went, that made it all the worst. You're like, well, they got, you got no chance if the bare minimum isn't being done, that the work isn't being put in, and that the guy next to you isn't willing to try as hard as you are. And that's gone, man. That is all gone now. That exists. They have done that. And I get that that's the bare minimum. You know, I go, great, great. They care enough to try hard every day. They care enough to prepare. They care enough to do right by the guy next to them. But I'm telling you, when that wasn't in place... It made watching the losses that much more difficult because you couldn't fall back on a culture. You couldn't fall back on something you knew. Like, when they lost the first four games last year, I thought, is this, is, are we going to see this again? Because had they quit last year, Mike would be a dead man walking right now. They wouldn't have been able to fire him, but he'd be a dead man walking right now. The fact that they stayed bought in to his messaging, his vision for what they should be, his belief in what makes a good football team and the way you got to work at it and the way you got to care about each other and the way you got to prepare and the fact that he was unwavering even after a godforsaken 0 4 start and the most embarrassing loss in program history is a really good sign that you can, at the very least, trust that they are going to work their ass off every day. And they do. That, I, I can report that 100%. They're all there. So when you talk about players coming over to Tate or anybody else for that matter and get excited about guys. That's yes, that they do that every day. That is now a common occurrence. Hour number 2 forthcoming.